ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so we've begun now Lum'atul I'tiqad and we've gone through some of the opening sections of it. Uh, the last section that we were talking about was the section where the author said, وَكُلُّ مَا جَاءَ فِي الْقُرْآنِ أَوْ صَحَّ عَنِ الْمُصْطَفَى عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ مِنْ صِفَاتِ الرَّحْمَانِ وَجَبَ الْإِيمَانُ بِهِ that everything which has come in the Qur'an, or it has been authenticated in the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, from the attributes of Allah, then it is obligatory to have iman in them. وَتَلَقِّيهِ بِالتَّسْلِيمِ وَالْقَبُولِ And to accept that, and to submit to that. So that was the section that we were discussing last time. Moving on from that now, the author he says, قَالَ الْإِمَامُ أَبُوْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ أَحْمَدُ بْنُ مُحَمَّدِ بْنِ حَنْبَلْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ فِي قَوْلِ الرَّسُولِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَنْزِلُ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ يُرَى يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَمَا أَشْبَهَ هذه الأحاديث نؤمن بها ونصدق بها لا كيف ولا معنى ولا نرد شيئا منها Here now he says that Al-Imam Ahmad One of the great scholars of the past Al-Imam Ahmad رضي الله عنه He said in the statement of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that Allah descends to the lowest heaven, to the lowest heaven of the earth, and that Allah will be seen on the day of judgment. These types of narrations, he mentions them, and then he says, we must accept all of these types of narrations. We cannot reject any of them. So the example he gave here firstly was the narration where it says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَنْزِلُ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا And this is the hadith which is mentioned in Al-Bukhari and Muslim that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heaven mentioned in the narrations about the last third of the night that Allah descends to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night. Isharatan ila hadith nuzul alladhi rawahu al-Bukhari wa Muslim wa huwa hadith jaleel al-Qadr balagha mablagha al-Tawatur dalla ala ithbati al-Nuzul illahi ta'ala kulla laylatin fi thuluth al-Akhir wa al-Nuzul sifa min sifati illahi al-Fi'liya So this narration, it indicates to us one of the attributes of Allah and that is the attribute of descending. That Allah descends to the lowest heaven when the last third of the night remains. 
when the last third of the night remains, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heaven. And this is a narration that has been narrated by multiple chains, multiple narrators. It is certainly a narration that is mutawatir, and it is a narration in Al-Bukhari and Muslim. And this is one of the attributes of Allah, that Allah descends, descends to the lowest heaven, in reality, in a manner that is befitting of His Majesty, in a manner suitable and appropriate to the Majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we affirm this attribute, we affirm the fact that Allah descends, then as we said before, we must bear in mind the rules regarding the names and attributes of Allah. Allah descends in a manner that is suitable and appropriate to His Majesty. And there is no rejection of that. We affirm it. There is no alteration or distortion of this attribute. There is no comparison or resemblance. There is no descriptions given. Those affairs were the prohibitions that we stay clear of. We stay clear of all of those prohibitions and do not fall into them. But we affirm this attribute to Allah that Allah descends. And it is mentioned in the hadith in Bukhari and Muslim that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He descends in the last third of the night that He then says, هَلْ مِنْ دَاعٍ Is there any body calling upon me and I can answer him? هَلْ مِنْ سَائِلٍ Is there anybody asking? Anybody asking for anything and I can answer his dua? هَلْ مِنْ مُسْتَغْفِرٍ Is there anybody seeking forgiveness and I can forgive him? هَلْ مِنْ تَائِبٍ Is there anybody seeking repentance and I will give him the repentance? حَتَّى يَبْرُقَ الْفَجْرِ Until the fajr it enters, it begins, fajr arises, then this uh, is the hadith that mentions what Allah says, uh, calling upon or saying that is there anybody asking me, anybody seeking forgiveness, anybody making dua, that I will answer that person, I will give him forgiveness, I will give him the repentance, that is in the last third of the night. And that is why the scholars they say, and they encourage that a person should arise in the last third of the night and pray and make dua, it is a great virtuous time. A great virtuous time for worship, for ibadah, for dua, that a person utilizes. فَصِفَةُ النُّزُولِ وَصِفَةُ الْمَجِيءِ وَغَيْرُهُمَا مِنَ الصِّفَاتِ الْفِعْلِيَّةِ الثَّابِتَ بِالنُّصُوصِ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ وَالسُنَّةِ معنفي تشبيه الله بصفات المخلوقين وإنما الاشتراك بين صفة الخالق العظيم والمخلوق الضعيف فهو في اللفظ فقط وأما في المعاني والحقائق فصفات الخالق تليق بعظمته وجلاله 
وصفات المخلوق تليق بحاله. So this attribute of descent that Allah descends in the last third of the night. It is one of the attributes of Allah established in the Quran, in the Sunnah. Proven and established in the ayat and in the ahadith. We do not make any comparisons, we do not make any resemblances, we do not make any imaginations as to how Allah descends. That is something outside of the boundaries. We do not fall into those affairs. Rather Allah descends as is befitting of Him. And as for us, then we have our characteristics, but we are not comparable and we do not imagine them for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ يُرَى فِي الْقِيَامَةِ And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is seen on the day of judgment. Allah is seen upon the resurrection. إِشَارَةً إِلَى نُصُوصِ الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ الدَّالَّةِ عَلَى إِثْبَاتِ رُؤْيَةِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَبَّهُمْ فِي الْآخِرَةِ فَمِنَ الْقُرْآنِ الْكَرِيمِ قَوْلُ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلُ وُجُوهٌ يَوْمَئِذٍ نَاظِرَةٌ إِلَى رَبِّهَا نَاظِرَةٌ He now talks about this issue that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be seen in the hereafter. When it comes to this issue of seeing Allah, then the correct position of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah is that Allah is not seen in this world. In this world now, we cannot see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Musa alayhi salam asked to see Allah in this world, Allah said, Lan tarani, you cannot see me, you will not see me. In this world it cannot be. The Prophet sallallahu said, You will not see your Lord until you die. So in this world, it is not possible to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is what the evidences clearly show. So it is a great mistake what some of the Sufis and their groups, they say that their leaders go and see Allah at night in their dreams and all these things. It is not true. The evidences tell us we cannot see Allah in this world. In the hereafter though, the evidences clearly indicate that we will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this world we cannot, but in the hereafter, Allah tells us He will be seen. That is the correct position. As for the people of innovation though, some of them say that Allah cannot be seen at all in this world or in the hereafter. Others they say Allah can be seen all the time in this world and in the hereafter. Both of those are wrong. The correct position is Allah cannot be seen in this world. We cannot see Allah in this world. But in the hereafter, we are able to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is what the evidences they indicate. On the night of Al-Isra' wal-Mi'raj, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was taken up to the heavens, what is correct is that the Prophet sallallahu did not see Allah. The Prophet sallallahu did not see Allah. In that narration it mentions, 
He was asked about seeing Allah. He said, Hijabuhu nur, anna arahu. The covering of Allah, it is light, how could I see Him? So the Prophet ﷺ did not see Allah on that night. There is a narration from Ibn Abbas, radiallahu anhuma, which affirms this. That, uh, a narration from Aisha, radiallahu anha, which affirms this, that Allah was not seen by the Prophet ﷺ on that night. And the narration of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma also in reality affirms this because he mentioned that the Prophet saw Allah but that is the sight of the heart not an actual physical sight. So he is in confirmation or in affirmation of what Aisha radiallahu anha said also that the Prophet did not physically with his eyes see Allah that night. So in this world we cannot see Allah but in the hereafter the evidences indicate we will. One of those here is mentioned by a Sheikh Zaid, rahimahullah, in the explanation. وُجُوهٌ يَوْمَئِذٍ نَاضِرَةٌ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاضِرَةٌ That on that day, the faces will be radiant, glowing, shining, looking at their Lord. إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاضِرَةٌ Some of the scholars said, that this ayah means, on that day, the people, their faces will be made glowing and bright in preparation to see Allah. So they are on the best and the most beautiful of appearance when they see Allah. Other books of tafsir, they say actually, they will see Allah in their normal faces. But upon seeing Allah, one of the impacts will be that their faces become glowing and radiant and shining. But nevertheless, their faces will be glowing and shining, looking at their Lord. إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاظِرَ Clear ayah in the Qur'an. Similarly, in the hadith, in the sunnah, the Prophet wasallam also affirmed this, إِنَّكُمْ سَتَرَوْنَ رَبَّكُمْ كَمَا تَرَوْنَ هَذَا الْقَمَرَ لَا تُضَامُونَ فِي رُؤْيَتِهِ Hadith, which is the strongest type of hadith you can get, muttafaqun alayhi, agreed upon by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Indeed, you will see your Lord. Innakum satarawna rabbakum. Indeed, you will see your Lord. Kama tarawna hadha al-qamr. Just like you can see this moon. Just like you can see the moon up in the sky at night. The Prophet sallallahu said, You will see your Lord. Just like you can see the moon. لَا تُضَامُّونَ You don't have to push and shove and there is no crowding. Clearly everybody looks up and they can see the moon. Then you will see your Lord and there will be no pushing or shoving or crowding. Everybody will be able to see their Lord uh, on that day. This is obviously not comparing the moon to Allah. It is just an example to show you that you will easily be able to see Allah. Now even if there was a crowd of a million people on the ground, all together in one field, as soon as that one million people looks up, every single one will be able to see the moon. Doesn't matter if there's a million people. Because as soon as you look up, every one of them sees the moon. There is no crowding upwards. So this was an example to highlight. Just an example to highlight that you will all see Allah. No crowding, no pushing will prevent you. Everybody will be able to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Qawluhu 
وما أشبه هذه الأحاديث نؤمن بها ونصدق بها The point he wants to make here is that these types of narrations many people come along and they say no, how could that be? How are we going to be able to see Allah? And how does Allah descend to the lowest part of the heavens close to the earth? They say these types of narrations don't make sense to us. They don't make sense. How are we going to see Allah? We're going to see Allah. People, they start to say, this doesn't make sense. I can't understand. I can't accept this. The point here is to understand the way of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the Aqeedah of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. We do not behave in that way. These narrations, they have come to us. They are authentic. We accept them and we believe in them. We accept and we believe Allah descends in the last third of the night. We accept and we believe, have iman, that we will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hereafter. Doesn't mean that you will understand and comprehend everything you see, but you will see. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the believers will see. So the point he wants to make in this part is to show you as a Sunni, you must accept all of the Sunnah. Cannot call yourself Sunni and you reject the Sunnah. Sunni is a person of the Sunnah. Salafi, a person who follows the methodology of the Salaf. So the Salafi, Sunni, the one who is from Ahl Sunnah, then you accept all of the narrations, all of the revelation that has come to you. Allah said in the Quran, وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا Whatever the Prophet wasallam brings to you, then accept it, take it. And whatever he prohibits you from, then stay away from it. So we must accept all of that, Quran and Sunnah and the narrations, and not reject any of it saying, how can this be and it doesn't make sense, and I don't understand. If you don't understand, that is a shortcoming in your mind. That is a problem in your mind. Not a problem with the Quran and the Sunnah. If you don't understand something, it's a problem in your mind. Not a problem in the Quran and the Sunnah. So you accept it. If you can't understand it, then work. Try hard. Learn. Inshallah you'll understand. But the problem is not in the Quran and the Sunnah. The people of innovation, when they can't understand, they say, the problem isn't in my mind. The problem is in this. This hadith doesn't make sense. They say, that's where the problem is. My mind is okay. But the hadith doesn't make sense. It can't be. There must be some other meaning. Let me work it out in my mind what the other meaning is to make sense. That's wrong. The hadith, it tells you the clear meaning. You accept it like that. And accept and admit that the problem is in your mind, not in the narration. In your mind, you can't work out exactly and can't understand. Inshallah, in time, as time goes by, you'll understand better. But don't blame the narrations and start rejecting the narrations. The Sunni doesn't do that. The people of innovation, they do that. When they can't understand, they start giving their own interpretation. No, this doesn't make sense. Maybe it must mean this or it must mean that. And they start giving their own interpretation. That is wrong. We accept the narration. Here it tells us, you will see Allah in the hereafter. The ayah in the Quran tells us, the hadith in the sunnah tells us, we accept it. We will see Allah in the hereafter. The believers will see Allah. We don't try and make interpretations, no, but that can't be right. Maybe it means this, maybe it means that. Why? Tells you clearly they're going to be looking at Allah. And the Prophet ﷺ said, you're going to see Allah. So we accept that. That is the way of the Salafi, the way of the Sunni. وَمَا أَشْبَهَ هَذِي الْحَدِيثِ نُؤْمِنُ بِهَا وَنُصَدِّقُ بِهَا So we believe in them and we accept them. لَا كَيْفَ وَلَا مَعْنَا And we don't start going into, but how? How are we going to see Allah? And how does Allah descend? 
don't start going into all of this how business. That is not permissible. We don't know the how, but we accept as it is. We accept this aqidah, believe in it, and we have the iman in it. وَكُلُّ مَا جَاءَ فِي الْكِتَابِ وَالسُّنَّةِ فِي إِثْبَاتِ نُصُوصِ صِفَاتِ اللَّهِ الذَّاتِيَّةِ وَالْفِعْلِيَّةِ فَهُوَ حَقٍّ All of the narrations, not just these two about Allah descending and seeing Allah, everything. Everything in the Quran and the Sunnah that is mentioned about the names and attributes of Allah, then we must accept it, and we must believe in it and have iman in it. يَجِبُ الْإِيمَانُ بِهِ عَلَى طَرِيقَةِ السَّلَفِ الصَّالِحِ لَا عَلَى طَرِيقَةِ أَهْلِ التَّأْوِيلِ الْمَذْمُومِ وَالتَّحْرِيفِ الْبَاطِلِ وَالتَّعْطِيلِ وَالتَّشْبِهِ وَالتَّمْثِيلِ بَلِ الْإِيمَانُ بِمَا جَاءَ مِنْ نُصُوصِ الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ وَاجِبٌ هَكَذَا التَّصْدِيقُ بِهَا بِلَا كَيْفٍ لِأَنَّ الْكَيْفِيَ لَا يَعْلَمُهَا إِلَّا اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ So we accept these narrations upon the way of Ahl al-Sunnah without going into the how and the why and Going into those types of details, that is not for us to go upon. Rather, we accept it as it is. And we do not start to give meanings and interpretations that are false. We do not start making up things. Like when it comes to that issue of Allah descending in the last third of the night, some people don't want to accept that. They don't want to accept that Allah descends in the last third of the night. So they make up their interpretations they say, no, even though the Qur'an or in the sunnah it says Allah descends, it's not really Allah. How can Allah descend to the last third, uh, in the last third of the night near the earth, in the last heaven of the earth? They say, no, that can't be right. It must mean one of the angels of Allah is sent. That's what it must mean. That Allah sends one of His angels to come. Where have they got this interpretation from? From their own minds? There is no hadith saying that. There is no explanation from the Prophet ﷺ saying that. There is no explanation from the Sahaba saying that. That is their own interpretation they've made up. And it's incorrect. Because in the hadith it says that when Allah descends, He says, Who is seeking my forgiveness and I will forgive you? Can the angel say that? Who is asking me for forgiveness and I'll forgive you? The angel is not the one who you ask for forgiveness and he is not the one who forgives you. It is Allah. It would be haram for the angel to say those things. So it is Allah Himself. Similarly, some people they say, no, it can't be Allah, it must be the, the, the qudra, the ability of Allah, or the amr, the command of Allah, the command, or some say, the mercy of Allah, that descends. But again, all of those are wrong. How can you say it is the command of Allah that descends? Does the command of Allah upon us only come in the last third of the night? Command of Allah is coming all the time upon us. The mercy of Allah, does it only come in the last third of the night? The mercy of Allah is upon us all the time. The mercy of Allah is coming. It is not restricted to the last third of the night. So all of those explanations they give, they always break up. They always break. They can't be right. There are always a problem with them. Because they are making them up in their own minds. So we do not do it that way. We do it as we accept the narrations how they are. Believe in them and affirm them as they are. Then it says, وَلَا نَرُدُّ شَيْئًا مِنْهَا وَنَعْلَمُ أَنَّ مَا جَاءَ بِهِ الرَّسُولُ حَقٌّ وَلَا نَرُدُّ عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ And we do not reject anything from those narrations. We do not reject anything 
from those narrations, uh, and we know that all of it has come to us from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and we do not reject anything upon the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. كما أن من هدي السلف أنهم يؤمنون بالنصوص جميعا. It is from the way of the Sunnah, the way of the Salaf, that we accept all of the narrations, all of the authentic narrations, we accept them. كذلك لا يردون منها شيئاً أبداً. They do not reject any of them. We don't reject any of the narrations, the authentic narrations, all of them are accepted. لا من الفاظها ولا من معانيها. Neither do we reject the wordings of those narrations, neither do we reject the meanings of those narrations. وَيَعْتَقِدُونَ جَازِمِينَ أَنَّ مَنْ جَاءَ بِهِ الرَّسُولَ صلى الله عليه وسلم مِنْ أُصُولِ الدِّينِ وَفُرُوعِهِ وَحُقُوقِهِ وَمُكَمِّلَاتِهِ وَفَضَائِلِهِ وَمَعَانِيهِ حَقِّ And we believe that everything, we believe with certainty, definitiveness, that everything that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, came with, from the foundations of the religion, and from the branches of the religion, from the rights of it, from the affairs that fulfill it and complete it, from the virtues of it, the meanings of it, all of the aspects of the revelation, it is haq, it is the truth that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, came with. يَجِبُ الْإِيمَانُ بِهِ it is obligatory to have iman in it. وَالْعَمَلُ بِمُقْتَضَاهِ And to act upon what is necessitated by it. In believing in all of this, what is necessitated by that, you must act upon it. وَلَا يَجُوزُ أَنْ يُرَدَّ عَلَى الرَّسُولَ سَلَّمْ مِمَّا جَاءَ بِهِ أَبَدًا And it is not permissible to reject anything the Prophet ﷺ came with ever. You cannot reject any authentic narration ever. لا في باب الأسماء والصفات ولا في غير ذلك من باب العلم. Neither when it comes to the names and attributes of Allah, and neither with any other regard, any other aspect of the religion. Then ولا نصف الله بأكثر مما وصف به نفسه بلا حد ولا غاية ليس كمثله شيء وهو السميع البصير. We do not. Describe Allah with anything more in addition to what Allah described Himself with. So we do not add anything on top. We do not make any additions. What is in the Quran and the Sunnah with regards to the names and attributes of Allah, then we accept them as they are and we do not put in any further additions and extra explanations and extra details. That is because Allah said in the Qur'an, which is the foundational ayah when it comes to the names and attributes of Allah, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ There is nothing like unto Allah, and He, he is the all-seeing and the all-hearing. So Allah rejects the fact that there could be any comparison or resemblance to Him. There is nothing like Allah. Nothing like unto Him. But then, that doesn't mean you reject the names and attributes, because Allah then says, وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ Allah is the all-hearing and the all-seeing. So, two things happen in this ayah. 
an affirmation that Allah has the names and attributes, but a negation of any resemblance between creation and the Creator in those names and attributes. So that gives you the basis of Iman in the names and attributes of Allah. Gives you the basis of understanding the names and attributes of Allah. We affirm them, but we do not make the resemblances and the comparisons. That refutes the two groups who went into error. One main group that went into error was the Mu'attila. The Mu'attila are the ones who reject the names and attributes of Allah. They are refuted because in this ayah Allah affirms the names and attributes. وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ He is the all-hearing, the all-seeing. Affirmation of names and attributes. So that refutes the group who rejects the names and attributes. There is another group on the other side who affirms the names and attributes to such a degree that they end up comparing them to creation. That Allah refutes also. لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ There is nothing like unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore you're left with the way of Ahlul Sunnah, which is to affirm the names and attributes of Allah without falling into resemblance or comparison or rejection. And that is why this ayah is termed as the basis of understanding the tawheed of the names and attributes. فَالْأَسْمَاءُ وَالصِّفَاتُ الواردة في الكتاب والسنة هي التي يجب أن نصف الله بما جاء فيها. So the names and attributes that are in the Quran and the Sunnah they are the ones that we must describe Allah with. فإن باب الأسماء والصفات توقيفي. Names and attributes they are something which is توقيفي, meaning you cannot derive and make up new names and attributes yourself. The only names and attributes to Allah we can give are the ones we find in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Tawqifi. They cannot be added to, they cannot be manipulated, you cannot do more. What is found in the Qur'an and the Sunnah, that is all that can be done. Tawqifi. You must stop at that. So we cannot describe Allah with anything more than what He described Himself with. مِمَّا لَمْ تَدُلَّ عَلَيْهِ النُّصُوسِ Anything which was not mentioned in the texts, we cannot add to it. لِأَنَّهُ لَا مَجَالَ لِلْإِجْتِهَادِ فِي هَذَا الْبَابِ There is no possibility of having any interpretations of your own in this regard. بَابِ الْأَسْمَاءِ وَالصِّفَاتِ بَلْ نَسِفُ اللَّهَ بِمَا وَصَفَ بِهِ نَفْسَةِ Rather all we can do is describe Allah with what He described Himself with. وَوَصَفَهُ بِهِ رَسُولُهُ عَلَيْهِ or what the Messenger of Allah described Allah with in what is mentioned in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. ثُمَّ نَقِفُ عِنْدَ ذَلِكَ Then we stop at that. فَلَا نَزِيدُ وَلَا نَنْقُصْ And we don't increase upon that in any way. Neither do we make any deficiency from that in any way. Adhan's done. So... So we'll leave it on that point there. On the section that has just discussed the names and attributes. Um, we'll carry on to conclude and complete that section, half of that section that remains approximately 
from the next session, inshallah, which is next Sunday. Next Sunday at the same time, or uh, on time, inshallah, will begin 7 p.m. Maghrib will be about what time next week? Quarter to eight, so, so we can... St- so shall we begin about 6.45, is that possible? 6.45, finish by Maghrib. Inshallah, next week then 6.45. We'll begin 6.45 on time, inshallah. And we'll be able to do the hour or so, get through all this section and finish by Maghrib, inshallah. Wa sallallahu ala bina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'ina.